Jesus. I, I, hope, I miss hope, you guys. <laughs> I hope you have another song intro, Jake. Oh, I could. I could this week because it's basically the same shit, isn't it? <laughs> Just sing the same song from the yes. other week. Well, I didn't have a song prepared, but since, since you brought it up, oh, uh, let's see. Let's do some improv. Oh, this is oh, going no. to go poorly. I've been working on the <laughs> podcast all the live long day. I've been working on the podcast just to fake some fisting jokes. <laughs> Can't you hear the audience laughing? No, <laughs> no you can't because they're not there. <laughs> can't you hear the audience laughing? Oh, God, why do we do this shit? <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. It's a perfect segue into Pagliacci. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, the top Star Trek podcast, according to many people I have heard. <laughs> people are saying this. So, congratulations for a great choice in your podcast listening, uh, whatevers. Look, we're manifesting. Yes. Yes, we are. We are manifesting. Putting it out into the universe. Yep. Five stars. Everyone. Yeah, right it's, it's, right fucking now. It's like that book. Press the button. <laughs> that uh, that book. The uh, secret. The oh, Bible. I was going to say the Da Vinci Code. but Oh, sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> I thought you were actually trying to remember the name of the secret. I was, and it was a, it was a joke. Yeah, no, I remember. I'm sorry. It was a terrible joke. Space star ordering. All right. Well, anyway, the secret this week is yeah. two episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Woo! Neat. And those two episodes are Belink. I'm blinking. Of an eye. He didn't blink. He didn't blink, everyone. He lied. Uh, yeah, he lied. they don't know that. It's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, blink of an eye and virtuoso. All right, well. What's your name? What's your name? Oh, my name. Who the hell are you? My name, naturally, is the Jake. And this, per my parents, is Chris. And this, because my real name is a syllable longer, is Ames. <laughs> Y'all can just call me Maestro. <laughs> Nice. Oh, Sorry. wow! That one broke the computer! Oh, God. <laughs> All right, well, in blink of an eye, we are joining the CGI Voyager as it travels through space, and they pick up a rather odd planet. It's a and donut. They, it's a donut planet, and they're Delicious. like, I've never seen a planet like this. Let's go in for a closer look. Taste. Which never, ever goes poorly. Never goes poorly. Always a good idea. Yep. So they do, and then immediately the ship gets stuck in the atmosphere of this weird planet. What does the planet think about this? Well, so mm. down on the planet, we're presented with this sort of pre- primitive, uh, that's probably not a great word for it, but like... A it's kind of... Early development. Early, yeah. Cavemanish. Yeah, kind of like Neolithic. That. Neolithic. So yeah, that's a good one. Neolithic society. Those and, rocks didn't look new, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> And there, um, you know, there's like this guy who's some kind of a priest or a acolyte or some some kind of dude, and he's making offerings to the to the gods that live in the sky. And uh, all of a sudden, the ground shakes. There's an earthquake, and and all of his shit falls down. And he goes, "What the fuck?" And he looks up and he sees there's a new star in the sky. Oh my god! It must be a new god that doesn't want the other god to get this particular offering. 
So I will save all of these fruits for the new god and build a whole religion around this new sky god. Back on Voyager, uh, we've decided that we're not getting anywhere. We're not leaving the planet because we're stuck in some kind of temporal eddy or there's tachyons and all kinds of shit going on. Who gives a shit? But <laughs> the point is we can't leave. And when we look down at the planet, seasons seem to be passing like seconds. And and it's like, what the fuck's going on? And then we determine that the surface of the planet is in a different time frame than the rest of the universe. And everything on the planet is moving incredibly fast. So, cut to on the planet, we're now in like medieval times. And there's like castles and stuff. And, and they're gonna, they're like, like hmm, we're gonna send a message up to the sky god and tell him to stop shaking our planet. Because as it turns out, Voyager being there is causing massive seismic problems on this planet. Uh, and they're gonna send it up in like a hot air balloon and doesn't work naturally. But uh, yeah. It's a good idea. A great idea. Yeah, it ended up over Idaho. We had to shoot it down. Uh, uh, so anyway, things go more or less like this. I won't go into every little itty bitty cutaway, but the point is the time on the planet is passing very fast and like centuries are passing. Meanwhile, Voyager's only been up there for a few hours. But to them, to the people on the planet, this is the sky ship. It's been, it's been a part of their society for centuries. And you know, some people think it's like a, a god. Some people seem to, as time goes on and we get more skeptical viewpoints, people are like, no, 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 it's probably aliens. And you see this telescope I made? Yeah, they make a cool telescope. So eventually Voyager's like, man, we, we're, if we don't do something soon, we're all going to die. We're going to crash into this planet because we, we just doesn't work. So we're going to send the doctor down there to do some reconnaissance because he could survive, whereas we would probably die transitioning to that time frame. So we'll send the doctor down and he can spend, you know, a couple of days just checking stuff out. We'll leave him down there for a couple of seconds. Three seconds ought to do it. So, of course, the transporter malfunctions. What? And he ends up being down there for... I don't know, 10, three fi- years. 15 minutes, our time. Oh, but that on the planet, he's down there for three years and has a girlfriend or a wife and a kid. How? We don't know. It's a, it's a long story. Doc. Uh, and basically he gets back and he's like, oh my God, it's been so long. I've missed you guys so much. Oh God. Oh God. And I've just totally abandoned my family, but I love being back here with you and my family's dead. But don't worry. He's not going to feel that way in a, an episode from now. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and basically he's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, they definitely know you're up here, and some people are pissed. Some people think it's cool, but most people are pissed that you're shaking the planet. So, uh, yeah, we should probably get out of here. I brought back some data that maybe we can use. doesn't really help. gives them a little info. A little while later, the planet people develop space travel, and a space capsule comes up and docks with the Voyager, and the crew board Voyager, and for reasons unknown, even though they're in Voyager, they haven't yet adapted to the time differential yet so everybody on voyager appears frozen to them but then they switch to the right time frame suddenly and one of them dies and one of them survives and janeway's like hey yeah we're the people that have been in your sky for you know a few hours but you know by your time it's been you know centuries and he's like wow cool uh processing this yeah everyone i know and love is dead yeah i've been up here for like five minutes and my whole fucking life is gone and while he's there, the planet develops antimatter weapons and Oops. starts attacking Voyager with those. And they're like, shit, well, we're going to send you back to the planet, dude. And you got to tell him to stop shooting at us and, you know, maybe help us. So he does. And, of course, he gets down to the planet and cut to a couple minutes later. 
some two super advanced ships appear with tractor beams and tow Voyager to safety. And, and our friend beams back on, not much older, surprisingly, uh, beams back aboard and says, uh, yeah, I told him what was up and we developed this technology and you're free to go. Bye. And there's a touching final scene where uh, he is an old man, many years later, is sitting on the original rock by which the the sky ship was discovered. He looks up and he sees the twinkle of the sky ship fade as Voyager travels off into the Should have been a much cosmos. longer fade. The fade should have lasted years. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting episode. It's It's one of those, like... It's one of those, don't think about the science and just enjoy the acting, because Daniel Day Kim is a lot of fun, and, like, the the, the overall, like... The core idea. I yeah, love. the core yeah, idea. It's, of, like, it's a great story. Like, archaeologist Chakotay is on the case, yeah. and I love when Chakotay gets to be the archaeologist, which every so often happens, and he's like, holy fuck, we can actually see what de- a developing society looks like. Yeah. Not but, over the course of um, a lifetime. I believe it is an anthropologist. <laughs> oh, there's, you're right. Thank you, love. But yeah, like, <laughs> the, like really, I only had like it definitely feels like maybe how much time is passing on the planet becomes a little variable as the story demands. But that's a very minor. Yeah. Like overall, I thought this was terrific. A really great idea. Really well executed. I only had one major problem with it. One major major problem. problem. When they cut to the letter, the guy is oh, writing yeah. in English. I thought the same. Yeah. I was like, it could have just been Squiggles. Okay, yeah. but if it was just Squiggles, I think you would have been mad about that too. No, I would have been fine. I just think you would have. I don't think you would Unless it was clearly like an alien language. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean by Squiggles. He made up some symbols, slapped them on there. Yeah, but... Like, you didn't have to cut to the letter at all. That's no. true. That's true. They so just you chose it. to do that, and then you chose to have English, and I'm just mm. like... But honestly, other than that, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and I, I don't think that's. I wouldn't call that a major grade. Yeah, it, it took me out oh, for like pause. Well, Chris was really mad. We we paused. <laughs> we around. We 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 rewound. Oh, no. It was a major issue. Uh, yeah, I was very upset. You got to watch on your own, Caitlin. <laughs> No, because then she wouldn't see anything. That's true. I would just miss all this shit. Yeah. You guys, I'm would the one like, that makes sure he actually looks at the TV sometimes. Do you guys see that letter? I'd be like, what? Was there a letter? What's, what know. show are we watching? What, yeah, really, what show is this? Deep Space Nine still? She's no. great at radio, not at TV. I, um, I'm not really great at radio. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like this episode... Well, you got the voice for it. ...often gets... And the uh, face. Oh, no! Sorry, go ahead, Jake. <laughs> I'm, that also, joke I'm also sorry, that Jake. joke needed to be made. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I feel like this episode uh, often gets sort of held up as one of the examples of Vo- like one of Voyager's top episodes, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just the top on IMDb. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it is. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of, you know, Voyager's... Uh, yeah, that one with Picard. Yeah, inner light, inner, inner light moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, it's a really interesting sci-fi concept that gets you thinking, and it's pretty well executed. Yep. I don't think it's as good as Inner Light, no. but it's. But I, I think, can see how uh, those comparisons could be made. Unlike, say, Inner Light or even The Visitor, there isn't a single character you follow through. Because you yeah. can't, realistically. No, that's true. But I do love the way they do it. It's like you just keep jumping in a little yeah. later, a little later. Here's this one person who... You get the idea of there's so much more to their story, and we get to see a 
second of it here. Yeah, they're little little vignettes, and yeah. they're just as big as they need to be without, like... You, know, you don't need the, what is your whole society right. like? You need this little moment to see, okay, here's where we are in their, in their development. We get it. These are the kinds of things the people on the planet are talking about. We get it. Yeah. Yeah, and you see from, like, Neolithic guy, oh, the sky god, and then the medieval... Well, clearly it's not a god. It's another city. Uh, like, I'm scientific, but also you're still kind of afraid of those berries, which I loved. Yum. Because you will have that where it's like, it's so funny, you'll see someone, you know, the most sometimes the most avowed, like, atheist is still kind of superstitious. And you're like, how's that compatible? <laughs> but it's just, it's a thing that people totally do. And then you've got, like, the telescope crew there, the observatory crew, where the one, and even, there's already, like, a generational difference between the slightly older guy and his assistant. Because the guy is like, oh yeah, no, my grandfather was like, oh, that's where the bad kids are sent to the sky ship. <laughs> and the other kid is like, I had the cartoon marketed to me. Yeah, <gasps> I want to see this cartoon. I want to see the toys. I he know, said there that, were toys. That's the yes. biggest crime of this episode. You is don't that, see the toys. Is that, is that like, plushy Voyager? You know, Daniel Day Kim didn't bring back... <laughs> some toys oh my god as like a gift I would love him oh that would've been awesome or at least word on EMH's son's legacy <laughs> because you know like Tom Paris would have the whole fucking set Yay. if he could that's true I love it um, me too but yeah no I thought it was just really a great idea very well done sort of time travel without time travel kind of in a sense yeah yeah it was the same because i know when we did our time travel discussion this one isn't on the list but i would put mm. this in the same vein as time amok yeah because it's it's still a time weirdness thing yeah yeah no definitely based on the parameters we allowed for that this would have been on there you allowed for that yes <laughs> uh someone seconded it i don't remember who but yeah that's I, the tricky part, though, is it was really yeah, good, but yeah. I can't think of much to say beyond, God, that was good. I thought they should have dumped Naomi down there to age her up so that they could not bother with the child yeah. actor anymore. <laughs> like, Actually, we'll just dip her in the well for yeah. a couple of seconds. Have an in-world explanation for, like, that old sitcom trope of aging up characters. <laughs> or, you know, the DS9 trip I was gonna where say, is that what happened? Alexander was 20. I was going to ask if that was what happened to Alexander. Um, oh man, I wrote anthropologist Chakotay on my card and then said it wrong like a fool. So I have three possible explanations. Two? For how the doc has a kid. Yeah, okay. Either one, adoption. Yep. Nope. <gasps> nope. Uh, nope. Really? Two. He wouldn't care about an adopted kid. <laughs> exactly. Two, he was the smizmar, the oh. one that inspires the feelings, okay, but I is like still just as valid as the parent because of that. Nope. Or three... That's a really advanced mobile emitter. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> well, I don't know. I saw. So, yeah, I don't. I think if it was the Smizmar, I would have expected the astronaut to have not been as surprised. That he yeah, no, I, I genuinely just kind of think. Should he we explain Smizmar? I mean, yeah, I would say adoption, or you know, it could be that yeah, if the if his wife or, or girlfriend or what whatever it was had a kid or was, was pregnant already or something, maybe. Oh, yeah, you didn't yeah. mention the stepchild. Yeah, yeah, stepchild adoption, you know. Nope. But it ha but he would have had to have been there for the, like, because he was involved in the naming mm -hmm. of the kid, because he named yeah. him Jason. Yeah, that's true. So it couldn't have been a pre-existing child. It had to be a, a new one. I kinda, that, that's the one thing. Like, I kind of wonder what the hell he was up to when they finally grabbed him. Fucking, yeah, right? Can you imagine, Fucking like, obviously. <laughs> you know, he's just going out of his business, or he's in a large crowd of people and vanished out of nowhere. Well, Chakotay specifically found him in the opera district. Yeah, yes. which was great. Like, wait a minute. 
Where's the art center of this city? Yeah, yeah that was clever. Uh, Where would EMH go? <laughs> would he go to a, maybe he'd go to a hospital? No, no, because <laughs> no. uh, that would be breaking the prime directive. Right, but also like he'd probably be going out of his mind. You know, again, dialysis. What is yeah. this? The dark ages? Or the, I was gonna say yes, bearskins is so nice, but yes, dialysis. What is it? They wouldn't even have dialysis. Well, they wouldn't. I feel like it was sort of 20th century-ish by the time so they went and had dialysis. Yeah, I wonder what he had, if, because uh, I'm sure if he had a, a a wife and they were intimate, or a girlfriend and they were intimate, he would have had to continue wearing the mobile emitter even when he was naked. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if he's like, yeah, it's an he, insulin pump. <laughs> yeah, yeah I wonder what the, what the partner there would think of, he can just change, he doesn't take his clothes off, because they can't go anywhere, because they're him. Yeah. Well, I was wondering that, though, so when he comes back to the ship... Yeah, he's he, got new clothes. He's got new clothes, so, you know, obviously he, he changed, and I'm wondering, and they they showed the mobile emitter on the clothes, but it would, I think it would have been more realistic if he was wearing clothes over, over. his, like, if he just had a naked version of himself... And wore clothing, actual clothes. Then they'd have to explain that in the episode in some way, because the people would have been like, "Where's his mobile emitter?" Yeah, yeah. Him take a shirt off. That'd be a scene that just like shirtless EMH. Would we wouldn't have had time for you know? Yeah. Like it would have interrupted the flow to be like, "Oh yes, I actually bought some clothes while I was there." Yeah, <laughs> like it would have made more sense. You're right. Yeah. But it would have just totally fucked yeah, with the flow of the episode. The, yeah, especially for the cover up. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going out to buy some clothes, wife, because that's a normal thing people <laughs> do. I'm going to eat this food now. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. <laughs> and then like just leads down to the dog. <laughs> or one dog I want, with a thing on his I, head. I, I, I just imagine that he would could create a cavity inside yeah. himself to just fill with food and then periodically purge it. Just opens a little door in his stomach <laughs> and is like, Jesus. Uses uses it for composting. Yes. <laughs> like Odo being like, it was messy and unsatisfying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. It's it. Uh, one, another uh, spoiler alert. Not that big of a spoiler, but this is this is one of the episodes that Orville just totally did. Yeah, oh. just oh, really? lifts the yeah. plot entirely. Just totally just did this episode. So they don't just rip off TNG. No, no, no. They're Voyager. equal equal opportunity. I mean, okay. this is. I mean, I think it's first season. Yeah, uh, first Orville. season has a lot more just yeah. outright stealing stories. So it's kind of like how the first like thirteen episodes of the American Office were literally just the Office UK yes. with like jelly changed to Jello and things like that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they did a lot of that in the first season. They 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 gradually kind of. Found their own their own stories. Yeah. To tell. Instead of you know the ground shaker in the sky, it's the Kelly, and we built a, a statue of her, mm. and we we've been worshiping her for centuries. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a mashup of this episode and uh, Who Watches the Watchers. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, again, I, I don't have a lot to say just because this one has it's pretty fucking good and there's not a lot not yeah a lot I can add. Yeah, just that, go watch it. It's one of those good yeah. ones that doesn't present like. A debate, really. Yeah. It's just like a really solid concept executed really well. Mm. Yeah, like I love when so we get the names. Uh, Katana Retz is uh, Daniel Day Kim, and mm. Tarina is the chick who fucking dies. Yeah. Uh, and I did like them wandering around on the frozen ship because they don't understand what the fuck it is. They they think everyone's in stasis. I kind of wish that they had commented because, you know, the Voyager, like, 
creators went out of their way to make sure Janeway is actively getting a cup of coffee from mm-hmm. Neelix and they're pouring the coffee and it's yeah. frozen in midair and you can see and notice it and realize why aren't if they noticed it they would get what's going on immediately mm. and they could see like but that is no, so not how liquid works yeah but i think and i think that, that seeing that is what made them it realize is, yeah. that it was but wasn't. then they keeled over and, but yeah then they immediately because they were they were piecing it together like all right stasis but why does it look like they're just going about their day and then they get to the bridge and yeah i think it's seeing the coffee that makes them go time is just different here yeah and, and you know honestly that didn't even occur to me like now that you mentioned it's like oh yeah it doesn't work like that but most people, I think, if you don't mention it, aren't going to realize that, you know? Which is what, what, what The fact that liquid doesn't work oh, like liquid, that. Oh, liquid, yes, yes. Like, it didn't occur to like, oh, yeah, no, that isn't how that... But luckily, you know, again, most folks aren't going to... We're just going to see the visual shorthand and go, aha. They didn't, they didn't call attention to it, though. It's down in the corner. Yeah, no, it's, it's subtle, which is nice. Yeah, fair. Like, that's what I thought, but I assume the same thing, that that's what clued it, him in. It could have happened at any time, though, because Janeway is just always getting coffee. <laughs> yes. yes. Occurred to me, I think that makes her the first uh, captain since TOS to have coffee on the bridge. Hmm. Though they did have her act to Gino a lot in the com, the, in uh, the con on DS9, but that's a little different. It's not a bridge. It's ops. 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 thank you. I, I, I thought was... you were going to say it wasn't really coffee. I thought you were going to say, but that's different. That's not coffee. Well, it's, it's Klingon coffee, which God knows what that actually yeah, means. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure Klingon coffee isn't made from coffee beans. It's made from... The blood of your enemies. Yeah. Or maybe it is. Maybe they, maybe like Klingons imported some coffee beans from Earth and then we're like, huh. Instill it with blood. If yeah, we mix fer- it with the blood of our enemies. Yeah, fertilize it with blood and then we make something Well, cool. so, something about the nature of just, you know, the difference between uh, Earth soil and chrono soil just imbues it with a very different quality. Yeah, because chrono soil of all the is blood. soaked in blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's very, I can't remember if a drier or damper atmosphere is better for coffee. This nerd. I mean, they do it in the... It's in the, made, made in the jungle, so... Yeah. I'm guessing... Tropical. It likes it tropical. Usually tropical, yeah, so... I guess they chronos feel dry. Anyway. Quarters. Yeah, so one thing that I was curious about that we don't really get to see much to is... So, Rhett's go... Rhett's and... and uh, what did I say her name was? Tarina. Go up there, and they just vanish, effectively, from their society. Yeah. We don't get to learn the name of the planet. Dang it. Oh, or yeah. any of the people. But they... What are they thinking down on planets? Like, well, we sent a thing up there to look at it, and it's just never come back again. And, like, at least 50 years or so have passed on planet. I mean, it's certainly known about, like, clearly there's some sort of local discussion of it still. Because the, the, like, person he's talking to on the radio... The weather lady. <laughs> ...is like, oh yeah, you're that guy, finally back. Sure. Yeah. So, like, people have heard of Laika, the mission. the Russian dog! It was, prob- it was probably a huge deal, yeah. It yeah. was like, you know, it was like that... But, of course, it's interesting that they, you know, from the plan's perspective, they would have assumed that they just failed, disintegrated, or exploded. Yeah. Or maybe they got there and the skyship murdered them. Yeah. And that's why. Granted, um, that means, like, how much time passes between that ship vanishes and the, our next step is nukes. We didn't, don't send something else Yeah, like, there. why wasn't there a second try or maybe an unmanned probe of some kind? I mean, probably know there was, but. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's the other thing, too. It's like. And everything happens so quickly from Voyager's perspective that yeah. there could have been hundreds of probes that just, you know, didn't even register. Because yeah. they, they came up, bounced off the hull, and were gone in yeah, a they, microsecond. They took the specs so they could make the toy and then yeah. left. Yes. <laughs> the, like, <laughs> the, um, right as they were actually pulled away, you finally see the balloon hove into view. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's been here all along. <laughs> Balloon looked kind of like a turd. Yeah. I do kind of wonder about the doctor's descendants and like mm. if they learned ever, if there were any, maybe there weren't any, cause, you know, we, we don't know. But if there were descendants, maybe if they would have learned that their ancestor was... Oh, yeah. One of the, the Skyship people. Yeah, because Daniel Day, Daniel Day Kim can go down there and be like, okay, has anybody heard of Jason DeVries? Yeah. And that someone would be like, that was my granddaddy. <clears throat> and I said, well, let me tell you something. Well, you're a great granddaddy. You're an alien. interesting <laughs> if, like, by the time he got back, Jason was, like, the top baby name. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I'd like to compare this episode. Where do you guys like think the comparison can be made between this and TOS's wink of an eye? Well, the titles sound a lot alike. Truth. <laughs> okay, so I was trying to remember if it was TOS or TNG, but yeah, there was that episode where like the whole society was out of phase or something, right? Yeah, they were they were fast moving people. Um, they like sucked Kirk in, or they needed something from Kirk. God, I don't remember now. Fuck, proving my theory wrong. They needed something because they died quickly mm. if they got injured or something. That sounds... Was that them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like somebody got injured and he like rapidly aged and died because of it or something. Something strange. Like, like getting that. injured... Fucked with... I meant to look this up because I had a similar thought and then it just <laughs> completely slipped my mind. This, yeah, another, another interesting similarity, I guess the reverse scenario of this is... Well, actually, no. It's it's kind of the same scenario as Timescape from TNG, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the where Picard and who else is that? Data Troy, Troy. Troy, Data, and Jordy were on the were on the roundabout. Oh, right, right, okay. And uh, and they arrive at the Enterprise seemingly mid battle with the Romulans, but yeah. but, it, but they're in a different time frame. Everything's isn't it? It's all fucked up because the Romulans run their goddamn yes. ships off tiny black holes yeah, because they some, are the biggest lunatics in the there were squadron. Some time time aliens in the, oh, that's that, right. that, were, that had used the Romulan warp core as a nest. Yeah. Right, that's right. And, Jesus Christ, uh, Romulans. Well, that would have been an interesting connection they could have done. Not not the the time aliens, but like you know they they made up some stupid bullshit about oh the core of this planet is a ta- some kind of tachyon, tachyon something, something or other, yeah. they could have just been like oh the core of this planet is a is a singularity there's literally a black oh. hole at the core of this planet hmm. i uh, buy it and that would have made more sense because then you could have you i mean i don't think I mean, science science would yeah blow, sci- what science would scientifically blow up. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense but you could have definitely pseudo scienced it better by saying that oh there's time dilation between here and the core of the planet because of yeah And then you could even have say something like you know it it wouldn't have been necessary for the story, but like Voyager just by being close to the planet could have been offset somewhat too. So like when they got back out, they're like, huh, that's weird that you know some the time signal we get from the Talaxians says we've only Hmm. we were only there for eight minutes, but we were there for a day and a half. I know that was, uh, they didn't really make much of it, but I know part of the risk in the episode they mentioned was that if their orbit decayed enough, they would have wound up in unsynced yeah. time. That's why I think it would have made more sense if it was a, if it was a gradient, and like yeah. the closer you were to the, to the planet's core, the planet's core. <laughs> uh. Wow. Boss uh. <laughs> Uh, you know, the closest you were, the closer you were to the core, the 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 faster your your time went. Mm. 
like just on the ship, like the front end of the ship is fast. No, I mean, I don't. I think, no, I, I don't think it would have been enough gradient for the ship to have that problem. But over the course of the episode, you mean? Well, I don't know. I don't even think it would. I think the episode could have been exactly as it was. Oh, okay. Or they could have been like, oh, the the probes that we were saying because that you know one thing I thought was funny is like. When they sent the probe, Belana's like, "Oh yeah, it's been operating nonstop for years oh, yeah. by its t- by its time." Yeah, interesting. There is actually a uh, a Doctor Who where there's a ship that is near a near a black uh, hole. Near a black I remember hole. that one. You've seen that one, yeah. yeah. And it's a pretty long ship, and like, yeah, time is actually moving differently in different parts oh, of wow. the ship because of like the part that's closer to the black hole is moving slower, or vice versa. I can't yeah, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, there was there's something I think. Yeah, because the ship was being destroyed. Yeah, and if and so, you got to slowly move to the back, kind of a thing. Or like, I think you had to slowly move to the front. Yeah, because the back like was backing near the, into the back. Because hole. like, yeah. the, because like the back of the ship was blowing up. Uh, that sounds right, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, but in slow motion because of black hole. Which doctor yeah. was this? Uh, was Capaldi. Capaldi. Yeah, it was a good one. There was, you know, I know Capaldi kind of gets shat on. But I don't know. Does he? I, I thought people loved him. I think I think he's got some of the best episodes. His yeah, I think of his, the new his first episode. season was mostly weak. I think, but after that, they found their yeah. footing and it got a lot better. There was one. Like, there's just some cool sci-fi episodes like that. There one, are. There was that one where he was. Uh, he had to. I don't remember what it was, but he had to like escape from someplace, and he like was like, using, "Oh God, using, hell bent! That's so good." Slowly escaping by using something it, every thousand years or something. Yeah, it also has a really fantastic piece of music by Murray Gold. That's but, a great episode. Anyway, and even his first season, podcast, but. his first season also has an exception. A very good episode is the heist. Oh yeah, that's a good that's one. A that's one. but that's first season. It is. That's, that's the exception to the it's, first season. It's within the first rule. five episodes because that's yeah. after I stopped. No, after I stopped watching was like after that episode. More. Oh, or less. I thought it was towards the end. Anyway, yes, yeah, different podcast. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just uh, I love stuff like this. Yeah, it's uh, really overall. So I'm, I'm it's really interesting because in a weird way, like it's not really about the Voyager crew, mm. which is appropriate because that's kind of the point. It's about how their influence mm. hits this planet. Literally and culturally. Yeah, I do. One thing I do kind of wish is that they we did get a sense, a better sense of how much time had passed on Voyager. Mm. Because a, I think it would have been interesting to, you know, actually like because you could you could buy that it's been weeks or days or even hours. I think I mean, yeah. at least days because I think the the equation they gave was. Roughly a second per day on planet. Yeah. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah. So. Well, if so, there's thirty six hundred seconds in an hour. Five. Eight. Eighty six thousand four hundred seconds in a day. So, one day would be eighty six thousand four hundred days on planet. So you'd have to figure out how many. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know how long a year is on the planet, I guess. But That's we assume true. it's roughly equivalent to... But really, how do you measure a year in your life? <laughs> but I see, I don't... I think it could be... Here, let me, let me pop open a calendar. Let's, so let's, let's say... They say it's been centuries. Let's say 800 years of time on the planet, or more or less. They may have said a roughly 1,000 at one point. Well, let's, say, let's go with 1,000. Nice, nice round thousand. number. So if we say 1,000 years... And and it's a uh, one day for each one point zero three seconds. If that makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, it makes it more complicated. The Yay. bastards. Yay! 
All right, so 1,000 years times 365 days well, is 365,000 seconds. Uh, that sounds wrong. That's, that's easy. Yeah, that's good math. No, I don't believe it. 86,400. So that's roughly, a li- you know, like four, four and a quarter-ish days. For Voyager days. For vo- Voyager days for them to be have been there for a thousand years. I buy it. So less than a week. Yeah, enough time. Enough time for like the like word to pass because I know Naomi wants to write a report on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if it were just like earlier that day, it would be like you don't. There is no information yeah, to, that's come true. to pass to you yet. What, what's funny? What's funny is uh, Seven was making fun of her title for being too complicated. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: where I work, I often see displays. Oh yeah. For like scientific papers have do the have longest fucking titles. The, their titles are just summaries. Yes. Those people do not know how to just make a snappy title. Mm. I was like, no, actually, that's the most accurate thing the show has ever done. But... So I want to know, right? So Taomi's the only child on the ship. So mm-hmm. presumably she's the only student in her class. Yeah. Is there a teacher that's teaching her? Is, cause, is she on the... Maybe or, or she's is taught it, on the it, holiday? Is it Flutter? Is Flutter her teacher? Maybe. She's learning from Quark. I wonder, though, that's yeah. an interesting thing. I bet you they could do, if this is not what they've done, is just, like, create a school in the holodeck that's just, like, a regular mm-hmm. school. and even With create, fake classmates? With fake well, classmates. To pick that, on her? That brings <laughs> yes. imaginary friends to a whole new level. That's true. But I feel like, like that would be psychologically damaging to a young child. It might be, but at the same time... Someone's she's, being the only yeah, child say, on a ship. nobody her no, own she's age friends to with socialize seven, with. who, I mean, mentally is her own age, kind of. Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> She has the social ability. Yeah, fine. Right. Emotionally, then, not mentally. Um, emotionally. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I think I, I wonder what would be more harmful: having her have only artificial holodeck friends, or not having any friends her own age at all. I still think it would be the holodeck version. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I just, you can't like because she eventually falls in love with someone. I mean, I think... And, like, on the holodeck. If she goes in mm-hmm. knowing, though, that they're fake, like, maybe that Doesn't helps Reg. avoid... But what if she what really if she fell in love with someone on the holodeck and then just changed them to be more like something that she really... Oh, well, that exactly. sounds healthy and normal. Yes, yes. A couple centimeters taller, please. <laughs> yes. Nice. More beauty. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's <laughs> you, you get onto the holodeck, you know, so it's like parent-teacher day on the holodeck, and, and Naomi's mom walks in, and it's like, okay, these are your other, these are the other students, and there's just like a bunch of kids, and then there's like a super hunky dude, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, is this your teacher? Oh no, that's Billy, he's my age. <laughs> but he's like, you know, it's, it's Billy, it's, it's like, it's a super hunky dude, but he's like, scaled down to the size of a kid yes he's like like a like a like a six-year-old with a full beard (laughs) (laughs) hello mrs naomi's mom i'm billy (laughs) (laughs) wildman yes 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 the school the school's uh mascot would have to be the the wild cats or just flotter yes the flotters anywho uh, shall we uh, proceed, or anything more on time of the wink? Uh, the only thing I have to say is, like, you know, they did briefly discuss the Prime Directive, and Tom was like, it's already pretty fucked, and like, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's fucked. Don't yeah, even, yeah. don't there's worry no way, about there's it. There's no unfucking it, because yeah. it's been like this for well, yeah, know, I mean, centuries. It's not just the fact that they've been there, and that the that the people have seen them and know that they exist. And it's think that their driving them. force, in it's, a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, it's driven forward their society, as the Doctor even said, and plus... 
they're actively damaging the planet. Yeah. There's a scene when the when Voyager like briefly attempts to escape and it causes a massive yeah. earthquake. And in Seven, we only get it from Seven's perspective, which is unfortunate because she's like no major damage. But for all <clears throat> I can, oh, for all God. we know, it's like no major damage to, to seven. seven is like. <laughs> Only 12.7 million dead, you know. <laughs> no major damage. Meanwhile, like, their whole historical district is just flattened. Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, only, only one of the, only one of the continents fell into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, despite all the earthquakes, that little fucking altar survived. So. Yeah. Sturdy altar. Yeah, very sturdy. Cool. Also, really solid architecture, literally. Yeah, well, they, they mentioned that at one point. Like, they use an, a surprising amount of iron in their architecture. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, because they always have earthquakes. I think the one thing that I thought was a little unrealistic is that that the sh- that they had those advanced ships with the tractor beams. Mm. And that they had them in enough time between when the astronaut got back to be able to yank the ship out and he wasn't seemingly much yeah older. if they'd aged him up like somewhere between more. where we saw him first and then where we saw him at the very last scene somewhere in between yeah just so you could know like this was kind of his life's work he was like i volunteer to be the guy that gets beamed in there unless because is that is that him or is that out of rejection of him? well that was what i was thinking that, yeah, that that was it could have been it could have been it would have been it would I would have missed the last scene with the old the old him looking up at the ship but I kind of would have liked it if he said, if when, when Janeway was like, you know, oh, blah, 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 you know, uh, are you, I'd, I'd love to ask you questions or whatever. And he's like, oh, no, I can't. It would have been interesting if he was like, because I am just, the, the man that you know, you know has been dead for, oh, mm, yeah. for decades, and I am, I am just a projection of him. Yeah, we wanted to show you something you'd recognize. We use technology... We use the doctor. <laughs> this is technology developed by Jason fucking face. DeVries or whatever. Jason fucking face, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I think that would have been interesting. Although it, the timing is interesting. The way that they did it is where, you know, like Voyager is under active attack. Like they're yeah. about to be destroyed just before the, sh- the, the ships appear. The, the Deus Ex tractor beam <laughs> appears. And it's like, oh, okay. Interesting. I like the show a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, next up. Virtuoso. All right. Now hit that high note, Jake. <laughs> That's right. All right. So uh, next up on Voyager, we have Virtuoso. In this episode, uh, we're on the Voyager as usual. And uh, we found out that we've picked up some, uh, some people who had a damaged ship. And... Um, they're all being treated in, in sick bay, and they're very rude. They're, oh, God, they're, yeah. They think they, you know they they come from a technologically superior race, and they are shitting on everything on Voyager. Oh, your your fucking hologram is bullshit. I don't want to be treated by this this piece of you know inferior inferior tech. technology. This ship is a garbage scow. Should be hauled away as garbage. <laughs> And it's all not going very well. And then the doctor starts humming a little ditty. And they perk up our guests. And they're like, what is that? What are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just just singing a little song. And they're like, sing? Tell us about this sing. And as it turns out, these folks are from a 
planet and a race of people who are very, very like mathematically and scientifically uh, oriented and zero art or culture. That's pretty much all they do is the math and science and technology, but nothing art. So they've never heard of music. And Explains why their clothes are so drab. Yeah, they have drab clothes and poorly acted women and really bad. (laughs) Um, Oh my lord. But yeah, but they're they're absolutely taken with this concept of music and specifically with the doctor's uh, performances. So they're like, listen, we don't do this. We're usually a pretty clothed clothes clothed. We're usually a pretty clothed society, but uh would you like? Yikes. Um, no, we're, we're a closed society, but we'd like to invite Voyager to visit our planet because we want to introduce, you know, everyone on our planet to the Doctor and his amazing music. So Voyager's like, yeah, sure, we'll go. And yeah, that's exactly what happens. They have a little recital where Harry Kim tries to do the entertaining and with, with some music, and they're like, this ain't the Doctor. Poor Harry. And there's you know, there's a lot of great scenes of, of basically these these people... Falling in love with the doctor. And, Great and scenes, you say. He becomes a <laughs> he becomes an instant celebrity on the planet. He's got fans, adoring fans. You know, the women that want to throw their clothes on the ground for him and show them their clitoris foreheads. <laughs> yes, exactly. Modesty be damned. Touch my forehead. <laughs> um, Modesty be damned. Touch my forehead. So yeah, uh, and he you know he becomes a hit. Not the they, title. he he, he no, has no. he has them creating like little mini replicas of him to have in your house to to sing. He does he does a recital in this giant concert hall that they built for him, and it's all going well. And then and then he you know he kind of gets a girlfriend sorta. You know there's a, there's a there's a woman that that shows a lot of interest in him, and and she even writes him a song to sing, but it's impossible for him to sing. Because it's she's like, oh, it based it on some math bullshit, and he's like, oh, cool. Hmm. <laughs> she, she's, but anyway, she's like, listen, I want you to stay because you've enriched my life so much. Please stay on the planet, abandoned Voyager. And he goes to Janeway. He's like, Janeway, I'm resigning. And she's like, like hell, you are. You're the fucking toaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, which he loves. Which yeah, and and you know, and then we have a little we have a little debate about you know uh, his his. Uh, rights as a sentient being and, and being artificial and of course Janeway she comes close to tubixing him oh uh, yeah I love that scene she really had she Mulgrew went from Mulgrew face to I must murder Tuvix face yes <laughs> but she realizes the hypocrisy eventually and is like okay fine you can go if you really want to just make sure Tom can do everything you can <laughs> So yeah, he's getting ready to go. He's saying all of his goodbyes. He goes to say goodbye to Seven, who's very, very hurt uh, mm. that he that he's leaving. Um, Pretty much the only person who's hurt. Well, I think I, I, the thing is, I think kind of everybody else might have not expected him to go through with it, mm. Uh, mm. except Seven, who's just yeah. I think I think she she's very emotionally invested in the Doctor, whereas everybody yeah. else is kind of like, yeah, he's not gonna go. He, yeah, yeah. Janeway's main complaint is, you know, he serves a purpose. Yeah. Whereas Seven's like, my friend. So he goes, he's, he's all ready to go. He beams out of the planet and he goes to see his, his girlfriend and she's like, oh, guess what? Great fucking news. <clears throat> I built a sex doll of you. Yeah, I built another one of you that's even better. 
He can sing all these notes. Uh, he's like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, we don't need your your inferior ass anymore. We've got this guy. And this one found the clitoris. So you can go... my forehead. You so see. you can stay on Voyager, and we'll have music that we love. And he's like, oh. And then he gets to give his final performance after deciding that now he's not going to go. Uh, or not stay. He is going to go, I guess. And at this final performance... He does his song, and it's really touching. And even even the Voyager crew, who is kind of, uh, I don't know, nonplussed by his performance up to this point, even they seem moved by his final performance. However, the shitheads on the planet are like, been there, done that. Where's the math? So they they are none they are none none not too whatever non, nonplussed. They're nonplussed. I was yeah, I was trying to say not too impressed, but but in my brain kept wanting to say nonplussed. So they're they're not too plussed. They're not too plussed. But of course they love the new and improved singing hologram doctor. Naturally. Uh yeah, and then they leave. Doctor's a little sad, but then uh he makes up with Seven when she writes him a very very cute love letter. Yeah, I mean, was, fan letter. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, the ending is very cute mm-hmm. considering I thought Seven was out of character the entire fucking episode. Really? You want to start there? Sure. Me shitting on the seven scenes? Shit on it. Okay, first seven scene we get that I need to shit on. And then we can talk about whatever else you, you, you people want to talk about. <laughs> you people. Janeway has to... Like, okay, we're getting fan mail from Planet. Seven assumes that it's some kind of cyber attack. That and I thought was that pretty was really And hilarious. Janeway has to come in and say, Seven, this is fan mail to the doctor. You wouldn't understand. Let me explain what fans are to you which seemed like seven would understand and i don't know why we needed to explain what fans are to seven Me- meanwhile kate mulgrew's like see i get this bag of fan mail from star trek fans every week and, and like uh, if that was the subtext jesus and fucking then, christ and then um seven backs like, up yeah, like the, a whole beep, garbage beep, truck beep, beep, beep. this is what i get every day and and that's just the the lewd ones. <laughs> oh. well, to be Wong fair, the non lewd ones are like a very small stack of like seven or eight. Garrett Wong comes in with his like shoebox. I've gotten oh. these over the last five years. Yeah, this is Seven's daily dump truck yeah. of, of fan mail. Well, I, I Seven's know. daily dump. I, th- I feel like this is an oddly meta episode of Star Trek. Mm. Okay. Because, I'll buy that. Because there, like, it, during that whole scene with Janeway and Seven, it very much, to me, read with a wink, like, you know... This is Mulgrew being able to say, everyone just, loves Seven, why not me anymore? Not, well, not just... I, I was I don't the captain! I, I think it's I more... I think it's more the writers making it. Because, like, the scene... There's a great scene when the Doctor is having his fan convention yeah that yeah and 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 there's people lined up and there's and there's men who have shaved heads i love yes, that that was good like that him, was amazing i love that fantastic and the, i'm like this is a star trek convention they were kind of doing galaxy quest a little yeah well mm-hmm. and galaxy quest is parodying yeah star trek convention. no i know people. I, like i even said and I, I i know he doesn't because i've seen pictures but i really wish picardo had gotten a, a robe like that to wear to conventions <gasps> he did look good in that robe I kind of yeah. want that robe. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think... went looking for one. They are expensive. Oh, they exist oh, wow. though. Where'd you find it on Etsy? No, it was some site I've never heard of. It was like luxury clothing, but <laughs> even the cheapest item was well out of my uh, range. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like this episode does have a meta quality little, little bit, to yeah. it, and okay, I think okay. that the, I think that the writers 
everything was very tongue in cheek. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's you, very. You know much... how much I enjoy fun. But again, I don't. I don't think it was fun at the expense of a good story. I think it was still a good story. When, when I was gonna I say, can, what do you think, Ames? Ames is the when I can get distracted thinking like this isn't how seven acts. Like it's like season three seven seven let me explain to you how people act when they like it when they like something another person's done and it felt wrong like i think her thinking at first it's some sort of attack would have made sense but then she would have listened to one and been like figured it out for christ's sakes like seven would have figured it out without janeway telling her yeah yeah that i would agree with i feel like her initial reaction does make sense okay i'll I'll guess but then it's like she would have been like oh for the (sighs) love Yeah, I wanted that scene instead of Janeway having to come in and say like, Oh, Seven. You silly goose. You haven't learned anything in the several years you've been on this show. I wish I wish they had played it a little bit more, maybe like Seven did know what was going on, but was maybe jealous of the situation. I don't think Seven gets jealous. You like, know, she's so passive aggressive in that scene with the doctor, mm-hmm. and she's never like that otherwise. You know how they could have had that scene? And still had it the could have had the conversation by simply having it sevens in astrometrics. Sees is like, uh oh, it's a thing, and she's like, oh wait, never mind. And Naomi's there, uh-huh. and it's like, what's going on? Because Naomi, again, being the only child on the ship with maybe weird social relation, isn't actually aware of like fan culture. Fan culture, <laughs> and so you could have had someone say, all right, so people get dumb about celebrities. It's called this parasocial one- relationships. This one is sending nudes to EMH. <laughs> oh, you know they were too. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That scene, that scene, the, the scene with the two women. The oh, floozies. God, yeah. Oh the god. Floozies the floozies. Um, well, they were. I mean, I'm not denying what you say. They, just... they were there for a gynecological exam. Oh god. <laughs> from the inside? No, oh. wait. It's always from the inside. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> Also, though, speaking of meta, just having Paul Williams play the leader of a society that doesn't know what music is. Mm. So what else, what else is Paul Williams? He's mostly a musician. I was going to say, um, he's, known, he's, for, done some he's known for music. <laughs> um, he actually did a lot of work with the Muppets back in the 70s. Oh, nice. He actually he also was on The Muppet Show. He has a cameo in The Muppet Movie, which I think he wrote music for. But he's mostly a musician. Um, but he's done some acting. He's in a very weird, psychedelic 70s version of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, Phantom of the Paradise. He's in that? Mm-hmm. Who is I'm he? pretty sure. I think he's the guy that owns the place. <laughs> he's the Phantom. <laughs> but also what's kind of funny is, because I remember that it was very noticeable, the, you know, the initial group of aliens. Komar. Komar. All, you know, sort of shorter actors. I was like, oh, that's funny. And then Paul Williams comes in like, oh, that's why. Because he's famously short, well, rather think, a short gentleman. Referenced even in his appearance on The Muppet Show. I think having them be kind of diminutive was, an, you know, it was a choice. Oh, yeah. And I think that... Made their architecture make no sense. True. true. But, right? but also, like, I like that it wasn't... It was just, like, it wasn't... That was just how they looked and it wasn't... For laughs. Yeah, but I do kind of wonder if it was at least partly driven by having Paul Williams, or if that had always been. Well, the here's idea. the thing: like, if they had, if they had all been like average height people, and then their leader is this short man, mm. that might have been seen as, as yeah. a joke. So maybe having them all be be kind of short was was sort of the the way to not let that be a, a joke. Yeah. yeah. It also let us have another very very brief like blink and you miss it blink. Blink of an eye, and you miss it, uh, cameo, that I paused the screen and played the guess who that actor is Jake uh, game with. Oh. 
There is one of the background people on Voyager during the Kim Tones concert um, who is having the time of his life when, when Doctor is singing. If you freeze the screen for her, you know, when he's on screen laughing, maybe I'll share a still. We'll see. But it was our good friend Trent from Angel One. Yeah, he was like the man oh, servant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Holy one peck out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Who also played OG Lal. Yeah, Lal l- l- right. before she had a body. Right. Holy shit, I forgot he was also yeah, Lal. Yeah, so it was nice to see him. Oh, that's that's nice. Uh, it was not nice to see whoever the hell was playing Tin Koo. Oh, God. Oh, she boy. was not very good. She took me out of the episode every time because I did not think the doctor would want to stay with How her. did they, like, like did the director... Like, when you were directing this show, you had to have known that she was awful. So right? that was, like, at first I thought they were all a bit stilted, but she really ran she, with it. Yeah, like, the first scene, you're yeah. like, oh, they're just being dicks. This is what they act like when they're yeah, being Yeah, because it seemed like she was being patronizing. Yeah. yeah. But then she didn't stop. Right. And yeah. then she was doing these just, I'm reading a line, Doctor, kind of lines. Well, it got a little better. I, I still think that the idea was that she was being a patronizing bitch in that first scene. Oh, yeah, she just, yeah, it was. But, but she just wasn't much better than that, actually. No. So it was a bad choice. Well, I, wonder, well, I kind of wonder, though, if... If maybe they never told her to stop doing that, that wasn't kind of like did yeah like it, it's weird. But yeah, it real it took me out as well. It's it took what I think is a pretty decent episode and, and kind of like put a black mark on it. For mm-hmm. me. Oh, another thing that stood out to me is when the doctor's arguing for his rights to self actualization, which mm, is fair. Yeah, that was a good argument. Terrible example though. <gasps> What was the example? If Harry Kim fell in love with somebody, it's like, did you not see that episode, Doc? You were in that episode, Doc. We were going to leave him on planet with those women who wanted to suck his soul. Oh, I didn't mean that one. Oh, the other one. The disease, where he literally is like, I want to be with this woman, and Jane was like, no, you're my special little boy. I don't know, but on the other one, I can't think of the name of it. The one where he's like, favorite son. That's the one, yeah, favorite son. It's actually uh, just called Favorite it's Son. Called it is. I remembered the name you of an episode it, that you didn't remember. Point to Caitlin. Holy shit. I'm finally on the board. Six years yes. in. They were going to leave him <laughs> there. That's true. They were. I forgot about that one. But that other one was more recent. You know, it's like, ooh, Doc, of all the examples to choose. Yeah. I do kind of, it's to me kind of a bummer that, like, again, like, uh, I feel like the two recent times we've had real big discussions about the Doctor's sort of... Daydreaming? Yeah, but the, the story is about his humanity or sentience or, or independence or whatever. Agency. Agency are always couched in these kind of comedy episodes. They are. We haven't had a serious one yet, and I feel like it... We will. Yeah. Good, because it kind of takes away from, like, like, no, this is really... We should be having this discussion, <laughs> like... And I feel like Janeway still really mostly thinks of him as an appliance. Yeah, yeah, and this was such a comedy episode. Like, so many little moments were done with the kind of comic timing, yeah. comic framing. Like, anytime, they did this so many times that I wanted to scream. Anytime someone does something, my, like, kind of like eyebrow raising, the scene is all, the, the shot is always, it's a row of people, and the first person in the in the row is in focus. And then whoever's at the end of the row leans forward <laughs> with an incredulous look on their face. And then the camera like changes the word I'm looking for. Sharpness? 
Focus. focus. Changes the focus to that person so that it looks funny that this person has entered the frame looking incredulous. And they did it like 15 times. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I didn't notice it, but I'm sure if I had, I would have been like, you, you did this already. They did a lot. A couple times. Did Please stop. Lot. And I have to say, like, I, I, I didn't mind it, but Kate Mulgrew was hamming it up. <laughs> Something fierce. When it, like, yeah. uh, outside of that scene with the doctor, I mean. Like, that scene, she was very serious. Give us an example of when she was hanging Well, I, like, when they first get to the planet, and they're, mm. and the, you know, they, they're hailed by the, the leader, and he's being, you know, condescending. She, she like, responds in kind. You know, she kind of, mm-hmm. like, plays into it. She's, she's like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll be very careful, yeah. you know, yeah. or whatever it was, you know. It was, it was... I don't know. I think I, it looked like Kate Mulgrew was having a good time. Yeah, no, she mm-hmm. seemed to be enjoying herself. And and needless to say, Robert Ricardo was having the time of his life. Yes. Oh, oh my god. The the duet with the tiny him was amazing. Oh, that was, it was great. so cute. I loved that. Him in the clown outfit was somehow amazing. No, I didn't love that. I don't know. I think he pulled it off. Oh, that that though that blew my mind. So apparently. The doctor can just go in and fuck with his personality subroutines all he wants without special permission. Can he? Yeah, because he keeps fucking with his programming without telling anybody. Okay. Dr. Jekyll himself that time. Well, he wrote himself a daydream subroutine. And yet every time it happens, we yell at him about it. Right, but they keep they don't restrict him from doing that. But as we found out, and this is actually in the last episode, so I should have said it then, but still, Bellana needed to enable him the ability to change his facial features. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me this guy can change his core programming all oh, he wants, yeah. but, but his face is behind security. Well, I wonder if maybe What they, the fuck, they, Starfleet? That's they, a Zimmerman, though. They may have put some... <laughs> That's a good point. Some restrictions on him after maybe the daydreaming incident. Like, maybe. I hope so. Locked out some of his Fingers crossed. No, but see, I, I just like your explanation. Zimmerman made it impossible to change. Because it's Zimmerman's ego. That's the one thing he locked down. I mean, the other thing is, I wonder if the, what Bolana was doing was not necessarily... Like, maybe it, it's more work. He could still do it, but it would take more work. Because she wanted it... She made it so that he could change his appearance instantaneously. instantaneously. Mm, so that he could blend floor. in. Yeah. Without even thinking about he it. He can kind of... He had chameleon powers. Ooh. Which maybe they didn't turn off, and that's why he was able to change outfits so yeah. quickly. Well, no, I think he asked her to do that in this one. He, uh-huh. he asked for a quick change subroutine. Ah. Uh, because <laughs> she was making a face like, are you fucking kidding me? Right, right. I remember that. I have, like, real work to do. Yeah, I thought all I know is Klingon drinking songs or whatever the fuck. Which I'm sorry, Doc. Get you it, know what she feels about Klingon stuff. She knows Earth drinking True. songs. <laughs> I wonder how much debate there was between having Kim come up and do jazz and having Tom go up with a Fender to do rock and roll. Uh, then they I, realized there was no rock and roll in public domain. Yep, oh, that, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. They they couldn't afford rock and roll. They had to go with whatever was free. Which is why Doc was singing. I can... What was it? I've been working on the railroad. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I do kind of wish they'd, they'd sprung for some good song, but... Also, I think the last song, the aria at the end, I think that's the one that is the only one that gets dubbed. Otherwise, it's Picardo all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I thought he didn't do either of the opera pieces. I, it was at least one of them. The Just, of the you city, mean the one but... the one that was the fake doctor? The, 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 the new doctor? Or the one that he sang? The Italian aria. It uh, translates to the swallow's nest, but I don't know Italian. And, so. that, and that was, that. so that was not him singing? Or that was... is someone dubbing. Ah. I See, I could tell when when I, because I was listening. Well, it was definitely it was definitely I assumed it, if any 
it might have been 80 yard. No, it was definitely that because the sink was a tiny bit off. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was another performer too. No, I'm, I'm impressed though because I figured even the earlier one might not have been him either just because it was... Like, I know he, he does some real singing, but I wasn't sure if he did that level of stuff. He should have done the um, the Tuvok I Understand. <laughs> was that the Marriage of Figaro? Yeah. I think so. God, the, the song New Doc model at the end. Oh. So ugly. It was so bad. But they were like, nuts wow, for it that's they're, beautiful. They're just fucking weird math people. I think the other sort of... Sing pie. Alright. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the all the letters that are like how many how many digits of pi can you recite were I got a kick out of that. It's like, too. Okay, yeah, computer. that's that's their way of hitting on people. Yeah. But like the fact that it came up twice, like it mm. came up in the fan letters that Seven was reading. And oh, then, and then one of the and then one of the floozies. <laughs> that was her letter. <laughs> the floozies. <laughs> yeah, that's what I assumed too. Actually, it was probably just. No, I, I like to assume that like that is considered one of the most attractive things you can be. Oh, it's the most erotic it's thing like, imaginable. It, that's 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 this culture's version like, of uh, "Did it hurt when you fell from heaven?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Lines. Yeah. She's a ten, but she only knows pi to sixteen digits. <laughs> She's a three point one four. There was also a good, a good uh, EMH joke, but the more I think about it, the more it doesn't make sense because these aliens aren't speaking English, so puns mm. don't work in their language. Because the joke was, I'm going to sing something that's inspired by trigonometry or something. Like that. Yeah. Notice, notice the trigonometry in the jazz yeah. or some shit. But I'm going off on a tangent. Really good joke. Yeah, it's a great I liked joke, it. and it landed too with that. But audience. it doesn't make sense unless yeah. they their no. English See, works okay. the same way. You, their language works. How, we've been watching Star Trek for a long time. We yeah. have, and you should know by now. Damn it! That the Learned. Universal Has Translator <laughs> translates puns somehow so that they make sense. <laughs> it does a great job because too. anytime someone does a pun, it always the, it the, always lands. The translator is just you should laugh at this. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> It just no. What it does is it, it translates it to an equally funny joke in that would make sense to you. Wow. That could be it. That is that is. I've read That's how me. they have to do with uh, a lot of anime, right? Which means yeah, I was, I've read notes from translators, and one of the hardest things is translating puns, especially if the bastards have a visual element too. And then it's just like, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> I quit. Actually, I was just reading that I didn't. I don't remember exactly what it was, but someone recently stepped down from translating a Japanese comic because there were just too many really complex puns. And they're like, I don't know how to make this work. I just have to completely rewrite it. Add a footnote and just say, in Japanese, this also means this. The thing is, they sometimes do that, but I think the problem is you would just literally have had to have had the whole book over again in this case. Because it was just so laden with puns. (laughs) So I, I know I mentioned that it was kind of a meta episode in the sense that, like, you could apply a lot of what was happening with the Doctor to just Star Trek fandom in general. Or, mm. just, or just fandom in general. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, I think the other kind of meta message is about, be like, fame is fleeting. And, yeah. And, yep, yep, yep. and, you know, having humility. There's, you know, another scene that I really enjoyed for from a comic perspective was the scene between him and Janeway in the mess hall during his fan convention and, yeah get, and, to the, get to the back of the line Janeway and, and when Janeway like m- makes a joke making fun of him I can't remember what the joke was now but there like there's this one where he's like oh you you know <laughs> it was just very it was very much like somebody that is so full of themselves yeah. and thinks that they're you know that their shit don't stink well he was calling her Catherine I mean when, 
Oh yeah. Yes. I, I meant I'm a captain. Or or oh yeah, no, I remember what the joke was. It was, oh I guess I'll just call you Maestro and he's like, ha ha ha, oh you. Yeah, that or doctor, either will do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that I thought that, that there was that was that was funny too. And then and, yeah, and then like the downfall. I, I I felt I felt bad for him, even I though I know, even though the whole episode he's being this haughty dick. Yeah. Well, because I think part of it is that like for all that he is being a haughty dick, he does genuinely think this woman's into him, and he's How? into he her. How she wasn't acting, <laughs> and so it's not just that it's it's you know it's one thing to lose fame, but he's also kind of had his heart broken. Yeah, and that's really that's what makes it that's what keeps you from just being like, "Ha, good, you idiot." It's kind of like no, there there was a moment of genuine affection he thought he had, and and he lost that, and again the DMH just his relationships don't go well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I did think, you know, even if you say that Seven may have been out of character or some in this episode, I still like that last scene. Oh, yeah, the last and, and scene, the when she writes him the letter, yeah. If, if we had fixed that one moment that I called out earlier, the, the, the fan mail ending is worth it. Because yeah. it is a very nice moment. I loved it. Oh, I also love, oh man, Jamie gets a great zinger off. Here's, here's my favorite line of the whole fucking episode. You've taken off your tails and put them between your legs, I see. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> I'm like, Janeway, zinged. Man, Amazing. way to, way to kick, a, kick a man while he's down. That's another question I had. Does he technically have a commission to resign? He has a post he can resign. Yeah, I don't think he's... Because he's not an officer. No, he doesn't have pips. Interesting. He's never... Not, I don't, yeah, I th- but that's, Except when he's the that's ECH. A, well, that's the exact thing, though. I mean, he's the... He is. And a he piece begged of for that command. Son of a bitch. Just, just, it's just like you know. It's just measure of a man again. It's like okay, yes. No one is disputing that you are not a human. Like you're not. You, yeah. you are. You are a thing. The question is whether you are a thing that is owned or whether you are your own thing. Does yeah. does any AI, AI art creation belong to the computer? Uh, well, Actually, that's pretty interesting because you know when they make their own, they make their own doc and decide this one, this one's the one now. It's like they made their own chatbot. <laughs> it would have been great if, like, if there were, if 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 Star Trek ever did what we suggested, and they had a Jag on board. They could, have, <laughs> they could have sent a cease and desist letter to to the. Yeah. Like, hey, this is copyright infringement. That doctor is uh, Starfleet property. That is, a, that is a Zimmerman original. You can't, you can't copy that. <laughs> that that's what it's finally going to be. That's now that they need to fill in the gap left by Discovery, it's going to be Starfleet, Starfleet Jag. Yeah. Yikes. Well, it'll be about fucking time. One thing I didn't understand is that they imply earlier in the episode that there's going to be some kind of exchange of technology. Oh, uh, yeah. And it never it never came about. Uh, maybe oh. they considered those little mini doctors the yeah. exchange. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's just something that they forgot to follow up on. Yeah, yeah. Because you can imagine that these people, they... being as advanced as they are, could probably... Get help Voyager in some way. I don't know. The, uh, the other technology we gave to the Komar is how to clap. Because they had yeah. no yeah, idea. No. And they fucking loved it. Oh my god. It. They, they were was, so they, into they, it. They, they were, but they learned fast. They went yeah. from Thermian to like... Yeah. <laughs> straight up. It's the historical documents. Yeah. Yeah, I think... So this episode would have... You said this came out in 2000? Yes. I wonder where this... because. Galaxy Quest also came out in 2000. Oh, this, oh was Galaxy, I thought Galaxy this Quest is, was in 99. Or maybe, was it? I don't remember no, that. This maybe is it January was 2000. Maybe it might, you're right, it might have been 99. Yep, Galaxy Quest was 99. 
Okay. December 25th, 99, though, so like... Oh, okay. So this ass is... end of the year. Yeah. This was a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because there, there They were are, working on both simultaneously. There's some interesting similarities <laughs> it's with, like, with, uh, with, with that culture and the Thermians. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Birdman and the single-shot episode of Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good episode. Contemporaneous... Uh, which is funny, because they also both did Charlie the like, work. jazz episode. thing. Yeah. Too, which it's like, wow, I mean... Well, that's why everyone assumed that it was Always a, Sunny had ripped it off. Or like was parody, parody but yeah, no, it was just they'd been working on it at the same time. It's like that yeah, is so or, uh, or deep impact in Armageddon. Yeah, yeah except those times there were two mall cop movies. Yeah, except with uh, you know with with Birdman and Always Sunny, both were good. Mm. <laughs> Unlike most of these other convergent, where either one was good, one was bad, or both were bad, like the mall cop movies. Uh, I have not seen the Malkat movies. I have seen both of the Asteroid movies, and I would say Deep Impact is the superior movie. See, that's the thing. I feel like Armageddon is the one that got remembered. Well, it's because it had the Aerosmith song. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. I was just going to say it was the song. So yeah, I, I think names. people just assume it was the better one because it's the one that kind of did better, but I've never actually... I've never seen Deep Impact, to be honest. You haven't? It's not great. It's not like, It's not going to win any awards, but it it's... It's solid. Is that the one where we see Denise Crosby do something, or am I thinking of a different thing? Uh, I don't think Denise Crosby's in that. What the I believe, fuck am I thinking of? I believe that is that terrible 80s Terminator knockoff Rotor. No. Um, there was one with a giant tidal wave. That's, there's a giant tidal wave in Deep Impact. Am I thinking of somebody You else? might be thinking, there's a woman in that movie... And I can't remember the actress's name. It's not Denise Crosby, but she looks kind of like Denise Crosby. Fuck, I wonder who it is then. I Which will... one's Denise Crosby? Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. Let me, let me look it up. I don't, and unless I'm totally misremembering this Watch, movie. it's going to be Denise Crosby, and I'm going to laugh. You can laugh. If it's if it's Denise Crosby, it is Tia Leone. What? Why do I know that name? Because she's an actress, and she was in the movie Spanglish. And Jurassic Park 3. Two films that Chris is very fond of. Yeah, I mean, she does she does have kind Den- of a Denise, Denise Crosby. Denise Crosby is in Deep Impact, so I am thinking of Denise Crosby. Oh. It just might be as a different character than the one you were thinking of. What hmm. is she in, the, in that? Oh. oh, you're right, she was in that. She's hey. the, she plays Elijah Wood's mom, I think. Neat. Listen, you were right, okay. We, we already literally confirmed that she was in it, so... <laughs> yeah, but, I'm glad that, but I'm glad that Jake put his seal on it. Oh yeah, you're right. She was. That way we're no, both I, right. I, no, no, no. You, you were. You were. You're right. I'm not saying I was. I was incorrect. But I was thinking of a different character from the movie and forgot that she was the. Uh, I'm like, no, Ames. That's that's, that's Elijah Wood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> More like Elijah wouldn't. Hey, she's an episode of Frasier. Hey, speaking of uh, Denise Crosby, I'm going to move us on. <laughs> hey, I found the segue. I did it. There wasn't going to be one this episode. I was like, oh, shit, there's not going to be a good segue, but I found it. Speaking of villains, uh, you know, someone from TNG killed the fuck out of Tasha Yar. Certainly not going to be on our favorite villain list. And then she came back as a villain. Wait. he was bar- The thing was barely even a l- fucking villain. It was a puddle. So I can't, I can't, I have to change my list then? Is Armus your number one? Armus is all three. Yay! <laughs> all right, so, so fans will remember, listen back last week. If you missed last week, we talked about our favorite Star Trek characters. This week, we're going to focus it slightly more and talk about our favorite Star Trek, the next generation villains, uh, of which, you know, we got some good ones. There's a whole bunch of good villains in TNG. Who's jumping to go first? I'll go first. Fuck okay. it. Done. Right. Doing it now. 
because my I got some I got some very obvious answers for y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Q. Mm-hmm. Hey. Fucking obviously, because I I also love Q. I love John Delancey. They do a great job. Any episode where Q comes in uh, is is a favorite of mine. Fight me, Liz. <laughs> Uh, Ooh. number two, gonna give it to my girl Borg Queen. She's mm-hmm. not in TNG. Sure, sure. She's in, I'm gonna One count first contact. counting movies. Ah, oh, shit. That- <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Rafo's back on the menu. No! <laughs> uh, no, I love Borg Queen. She is so neat for, for a villain. She has a definite agenda, and she uses it to bang the shit out of Data. Respect. Uh, and I'm gonna give my gonna give my number three to Gal Madrid because I thought you know tor- torturing Picard, good for him. Looked totally fun. The whole number of lights uh, game makes for some really fun memes. He's a very memorable memorable character. And like any Cardassian, weirdly deep for for a villain considering like mm-hmm. he, everything he thinks he's doing for the right reasons. Well, so, I think in a way he's sort of our first real. A lot of what becomes entrenched in the ideas of Cardassian culture started with him. I agree, I agree with that. Like, I think a lot of the idea of the, like, Cardassian focus on family and just how much the state is integrated into private life was really writ large there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, Deep Space Nine got to run with that. Yeah. And it's all thanks to Gal, Gal Madrid, I yeah, believe. Yeah, totally. Before that, they'd just been another Yeah, villain. yeah. They just showed up briefly for O'Brien to be racist at... Yeah, we knew they weren't super trustworthy because of the episode with Maxwell, mm-hmm. but this actually kind of gave them more more idea into their culture just beyond, all right, we know they're villains, but why? Yeah, exactly. Someone else go. Uh, all right, I'll go. Um, Jake has figured it out. Yeah. Still Armist three times. Still Armist three times. Yeah, so I'm going to go with, uh, it's funny, you mentioned you just mentioned him, I'm going to start with Captain Maxwell, Benjamin Maxwell. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a good one, Jay. And the reason I include him is because he's not, he's not really villainous. He's not like... Your traditional, he's not like a mustache twirlingly evil man. He's actually a pretty good man. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's right, but he goes it all, all but he's the wrong way. Wounded. Ah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I just, because I, I like I like the performance the actor did in that episode. And I think, you know, it's, it's he's very much uh, like uh, Commodore Decker, right? From. Uh, the Planet Killer. Uh, yeah, Doomsday yeah. Machine. Doomsday he was Machine. one of Chris's favorites when we yeah, talked he's, TOS he's, stuff. He's very, you know, it's a similar kind of guy where it's like, yeah, he's just kind of gone crazy from bad shit happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I, under, I, I understand why he does it. And he yeah. does, but he does bad shit, so I count yeah. him as a villain. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, next up, uh, another, uh, uh, we're going to go with another uh, Badmiral. Oh, I guess it's an actual <gasps> Badmiral. Yes. Yes. Bad Give it to me. Uh, I'm going with Pressman. Already wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> Who is uh, Will Riker's old commander on the Pegasus? Ah, thank you. I was like, which one's that? There's <laughs> so many uh, bad admirals. Yeah, yeah. John Locke. Yeah, yes. I, I have some honorable mentions, and if no one says them at the end, I'll, I'll mention my honorable mentions. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Again, because he's he is kind of mustache twirlingly <laughs> evil. But again, I feel like it was a great performance. Terry O'Quinn, who we all know and love from various yeah. other things. So yeah, I don't know. I, and and like again, it's a situation where he's sort of in the same sense that that Maxwell was he's sort of maybe justified or at least justifies it enough to himself mm. that you can kind of get into his head and be like okay I see what you're doing in both cases they're like yeah no we're we're going to if I don't do what I'm doing we're going to be at war in Maxwell's case it's with the Cardassians and Pressman he thinks it's the Romulans being visible being visible <laughs> so 
it's interesting to have two two villains that that kind of come from the same mindset. And then the third, the most vile of villains, the most villainous of villains. Oh, this villains. is your number one then. This is number one. Oh, this is by, number one. By a mile. I'm already writing it down. Let's see if I'm right. I don't think you are. No. <laughs> because it is... Tell me if I'm right, Caitlin. Blue Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> Are you jo- is that a joke one? Yes, that's a joke one. Damn it! But I, I, I was building it up for that specific reason. Um, is the blue barrel on the poster? Because it should be. It should be. Oh, um, no, I don't think it's going to be on the poster. I mean, here's, a, here's, here's the deal. So, Oh, I've been Googling this shit, but I could just be looking at this poster. It almost... It almost I mean, I've had a list for days. Nay, weeks. Oh, yeah, look, there's... Oh, I guess I... Oh, both Maxwell and Pressman are on that poster, so they are, they are. I am. I am justified. Um, obviously. Let me see if I want to actually change my final answer Jesus just by looking Christ. at the poster. Well, because I, I had a plan, but I want to check. Jesus Christ. I can't believe there's no In case there's somebody I, I can't believe about. it's not butter. I can. It's oil. Oil's shit. Yeah, it's gross. No. I'm just, oh, I'm going to stick with what I had. But yeah, no. Okay, so anyway, let me let me justify Blue Barrel for a second. Good, you can talk about Blue Barrel and then tell me your actual pick. So, took out Wharf. Good. Almost, almost permanently, as we know. As um, it is known. Tried to take out Riker if there wasn't uh, <laughs> Q girl nearby. Oh, I forgot about that. Although, to be fair, it was probably Q that threw the barrel at him in the first place. But that's beside the point. Blue Barrel, bad news. Almost destroyed the Enterprise in disaster when they were in, because they were, there were Blue Barrels in the cargo bay that were uh, going to be Sorry. too close to the plasma fire. And if they blew up... <laughs> That's okay. Wow, you... Plasma fire and blue, blue barrels are on the same team. I think, we could make a, I think we could make a case for blue barrel being the most... Because it, because the thing is, the thing that makes it worse is nobody suspects it. No, no. They're just hanging out in the, in the cargo bay. No one thinks, hmm, that blue barrel's up to no good, isn't it? <laughs> We should stop stacking them like that. Yes. Fools. Yes, yes actually, really, the, the true villain villain is workplace is lax workplace safety <laughs> standards. <laughs> Starfleet OSHA is not good enough at their job. Yes. Okay. Anyway, no. Okay. So my real number one answer uh, is Galmy Dread. Ah, I wrote Satie. Oh, oh, I see. I was gonna honorable she mention Satie. She's a, she was so a Jake, a Jake choice, but but yeah, I do love him a dread. Who's uh, Satie? I don't remember that. She was the, the drumhead. The drumhead. She was the the crazy racist, racist badmiral, retired badmiral. Yes, which basically would be, it would be badmiral retired. retired you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the one who's like leading the witch hunt for the saboteur on the Enterprise. Yeah. No, she's she's fantastic and well acted. She uh, pulled up my grandfather kind of yeah. speech, and then Picard mm-hmm. was like, "Your grandfather wouldn't put put up with any of this." And yeah. she cried. And for me, it was really kind of a coin flip between her and and Pressman mm. for that spot. I think it was always going to be Midred at the top, just because you know, Warner's performance. Yeah. What, so what do you like about Midred? Tell me. I mean, you know, he's an interesting character. He's got an interesting backstory. They have a wombat. He's got a, he's got a cute little critter. He's you know, uh, and he's just it's just portrayed so expertly. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the the thing that ties in my three choices would be the just the fantastic performers, really really strong actors. And I would I you know and and Satie would definitely also rank as well. I think you know I, that I mean, when I said I had some honorable mentions, she she's high on my list of, uh, of who I'd bring up because again, really good performance. So if nobody else says Satie, I can. We we have mentioned her now. Yes, <laughs> honorably. 
Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, am I allowed to treat them as a singular? Is it the Dura sisters? Yes. Yes. Okay, the Dura <laughs> sisters. Because nice. they're always just scheming and it always... They're bad at what they do, but they always cause some sort of shenanigans. That's true. Speaking of bad at what they do, we all know I love the Romulans. Because they're so bad at what they do. They're pretty bad. So I've got to say Seska. Yay! Because she's... Wait. Wait, Sela. Sela. I mean, yes, Sela. Yay! <laughs> uh, so bad at what she does. She's so Like ridiculous. all Romulans, the plans are just too complicated I mean, even, and eat themselves. Even Crosby's plan herself to, hey guys, can we have me back on the show and I'll just be... See, uh, be Tashiar's Romulan daughter is a Romulan fucking plan. <laughs> yeah. But it worked. It did, it did. And less interestingly, Gomadroid. Yay! Mm. It's all down to Caitlin. Oh, man. You've looked at the poster. I have. You've Blue had, barrel all the way down. You've, you've had several weeks to think about this. Yep, no, <laughs> yep. And I've, and I've thought about it a lot. Um... <laughs> Uh, the original hissing whip-bearing Ferengi. Good, <laughs> good. Because though they were garbage, they gave us such wonderful things. Does it also help you? Because next week we're talking alien races, so. I mean, they may, they, we may, I'm we certainly may, never going to say that the Ferengi are my favorite <laughs> in any other sense. Yeah, I think I hate to like go with the, the crowd, but I was thinking of the Duras sisters as well. They're fun. They are a lot of fun. They are. Mm. And I mean, they managed to blow up the Enterprise D. That's, you know. Well, Troy managed to blow up the Enterprise D. Well, she crashed it. They blew it up. I mean, really, though, here's the thing. It was Malcolm McDowell getting them the code. It was Malcolm McDowell getting them the code. It was was the torture of Geordi that led to this success. Still, she blew up an Enterprise, which previously we only saw done by Kirk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, Madrid. Oh, Madrid. great. As well, because... Madrid, Madrid, sweep. Madrid sweep. Last week we had a KLR sweep. This year, this week we have a Madrid sweep. We gotta get those two together. Oh, oh damn. Shit. That would be hot. I'd watch that. I would, too. Download it right now. Already in my brain. But yeah, for obvious reasons. Plus, I'll never get sick of saying, <laughs> Eating his disgusting egg in front of Picard. Man, what a creeper. Oh, that reminds me of an honorable mention. Do it, do it. Well, when Caitlin's done. I'm done. That's it. That was it. That was strange. She said the Ferengi. Oh, us. right, the Ferengi. <laughs> uh, honorable mention to that fucking guilt trip Picard laid on uh, Cedo Jaxa. Oh. Woof. I mean, I don't remember this particular she, guilt she, trip. She, she is. She, I mean, I don't know. You think Picard shouldn't have guilted her that bad? Yeah, into a fucking suicide mission. No, that's fair. <laughs> Jerk. Oh yeah. Still rubs me the wrong you way. You were friends with Wesley, therefore I'm going to get you killed. Maybe, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, no, no Moriarty and Laura lovers here. No. Or well, we, I don't are think. We waiting, of... Are we waiting to see what they do in Picard season three? No. Here's the thing: I don't think of Moriarty as a villain. I know he was, but I don't think of him that I mean, way. He was he a just... villain. He was certainly a villain. In... Adversary for sure. Yeah. Well, that's see, that's why I didn't actually include Q on my list because I don't see him as a villain as much as as a antagonist. Antagonist. Yeah. yeah. Which is what I said last week, I think, actually, or something similar. I agree because he's not a bad guy. He's just kind of like a shitster. I did. Yeah. He's cons- a bad boy. I did oh, consider yeah. saying. Uh, <laughs> I did consider saying Sung because <laughs> I don't think he was a moral yeah. man. No, he was a psychopath. Kevin Uxbridge. <laughs> yeah. I never considered Lord. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Kevin Lord Uxbridge is a bad 
bad guy, I guess, but he's not a villain. Right. He, he doesn't he, like. He he feels remorse, so he doesn't. Yeah. He can't be that. He, he bad. did something horrible. Like the problem is, but basically he had a uh, a heat of the moment. But the problem is, he is a god, mm. and. Yeah. You know, when 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 a normal person has a heat of the moment, they say something regret, they break something. He wipes an entire species out of existence. Oops. Yeah, I want to. Um, I don't know if I'd call this an honorable mention, but I do want to give a shout out. I guess. Yeah, do it. To my boy Tomalock. Because <laughs> um, I don't I don't think he's a great villain, but I don't know. I always liked seeing him. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, when he when his goofy head popped up on the view screen, <laughs> I was like, all right. I mean, time. I, again, I love when Romulans show up. It's, time. It's, it's, when Romulans show up, something stupid is going to happen, but in the best way. Mm. I even like Romulans in Picard season one, so good call. Well, then, I mean, one of them was just plain pretty. Do I want to shout out here. Uh, yeah, my last one that I wanted to shout out uh, because boy, what a dick. Kiva's fucking Faja. Oh, yeah. yeah. Faja. That's what like, a dick. That's what's interesting. Is like, oh, is I, that the collector? Yeah. yeah. Fuck that guy. I thought of him, but like, I immediately, it's like, oh, Didn't I, want to give him the satisfaction. Well, that's the thing. like, I hate him. He's a great villain that like, he's awful, but I don't like, love him. I don't want him to be around, you know? It's like, <laughs> fuck you. You're the worst. Like, he's a good villain, but he's not a lovable villain. <laughs> if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. I know Chris, Chris prefers his villains lovable. <laughs> Cuddly. I, I prefer them borderline incompetent. <laughs> what, oh, okay, in terms of uh, lovable villains, how about Space Ghost? Coast to Coast? Ronin? Bev's boyfriend? Bev's boyfriend. Okay, that's... Yeah. Big, okay. I, you... That's not the right kind of lovable. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a little... It depends on how much they're actually consenting. He might be creepy. Actually, uh, speaking of creepy, though, uh, actual, <laughs> actual creepy piece of shit, dude from Violations. Oh, oh yeah. Again, Jeff like, not big yeah, time. not someone you like at all. No, yeah, someone that makes you feel filthy. Yeah. Not in the fun way. No. Oh. No, not like a the I need a fucking bath right now way. Yeah. Not yeah. in the fun way. Yeah, again, not, not in the <laughs> I need a bath and I need him to come with me kind of way. Yeah, there's no bubbles in this bath. Just soap and very hot water. And tears. <laughs> the, the water is tears. All right, it's getting weird. All right, it's getting weird. We got more for you next week. Uh, so as I, I alluded to a moment ago, uh, next week we're still going to be talking some TNG highlights from years ago when we covered TNG. But, you know, why not cover it now? Because we didn't then. So next week is going to be our favorite alien races from TNG. Uh, we're also doing Voyager because that's the thing we're doing simultaneously. Uh, we have more Voyager episodes to talk about. Episodes next week are going to be... Yep. Are going to be Memorial and Tsukatsu. Excuse me? Uh, It'll Tsukatsu? be a fun week. It'll be, no, this is going to be Bless a good week. We're going to like this one. You'll see why next week. Okay. Uh, until then, uh, this, th- this thingy is up on our Tumblr where we talked about all the different TNG villains. You'll see all the pictures of their pretty faces. Uh, we also have lots of other blog posts you can click around through, like them, do the thing. Do the whole Tumblr thing. Uh, you can do the Facebook thing, you can do the Twitter thing, you can do the SoundCloud thing. There's all the things. Do them all. Five stars. <laughs> As usual, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This be Jake. And this is always Chris. I don't have a sign. That's all. Good. Great. Wow.
you know what we should have like you know like shock jocks will have like their uh, you know it'll be like dave and the the, 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 the bank the, bank the and the spank bank yeah we need we need our own nicknames our own shock jock nicknames um, cheeky in the buns god damn it